Thanks for tuning into our podcast. Today's message is all about the new year, new decade, new you. It's called Making Room. Room, make room. If you have your bulletins with you or your connection cards, it'll say 2020 has make room in small print on the letters. If you can't see it, you can get bigger eyeglasses, whatever you need to see. It'll be on there all year for uh, in between sermon series. But 2020, I want to read this. I, I pulled this offline, what 2020 vision is. 2020 vision is a term used to express normal, visual, measured at a distance of 20 feet. If you have 2020 vision, you can see clearly at 20 feet what should normally be seen at that distance. And then it followed up on this, and this is the interesting part. Having 2020 vision does not necessarily mean you have perfect vision. 2020 vision only indicates the sharpness or clarity of vision at a distance. Vision at a distance. I, I really believe that this year, I've been excited. I, as a pastor, I don't know how long I've been doing this, but every year I get um, a word and I, I play it off of the number of the year. And I look at what the meaning of the Bible is for that number and what God's speaking for that year. And this year, it, it's really, it's all about the understanding vision at a distance. Understanding what our vision is of, of our church and understanding what our vision is individually and moving forward in it. This year, I really felt that I've been charged as, as your pastor to give clarity of vision at a distance. Um, it, it's really easy to, to lose sight of what's happening at a distance because we're so focused sometimes on what's happening up close. It's like we're inundated with all the things that are around us and near us, and it's, it's easy to see the things that are right in front of us, and they can be distractors of what's happening beyond that. And I really believe this year is understanding what the fullness of God's vision is over our individual lives. And so today's message, it's really just talking about vision. Um, but before we talk about vision, we really have to talk about what's, what's the distractor of vision? What prevents us from having vision from God? You know, sometimes it's easy to say like, oh, you know what? It's, it's hard to see. It's hard to understand it. I don't hear God speaking to me. It's all of the above things. So what prevents vision. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 says, the vision will still happen at the appointed time. It hurries towards its goal. It won't be a lie. If it's delayed, wait for it. It will certainly happen. It won't be late. So number one, what prevents vision? A, delayed. I think one of the hardest things, just being open and honest is when you feel like God spoke to you about something, like it's a dream that just sits in your heart and you don't see it happen right away. And you're like, okay, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and I'm still waiting and nothing's happening. I think that's one of the, the most harmful things we can have is vision in our lives. It's like, okay, God, where is it? Show up. I, I want this vision to happen. And and the delayed portion of the vision causes us to question whether it's accurate. You know, the 2020, the concept of I see a, a vision, I can see clearly, I can see in the distance what's happening, but if we don't see that it's moving towards us, it's like, well, let me retake stock and look around where I'm at right, right now, and our eyes leave where we're facing towards God and focus on the immediate. Do you know one of the... I, I love illustrations, and one of the core 
uh, harmful habits of eye usage. Did you know, do you know what it is? The number one thing that hurts our vision on a practical sense, it's actually keeping our eyesight too close. It's, it's the smartphone. Number one is the smartphone. Did you know that? It's, it's, I'm not looking at where I should be going. It's the smartphone. It actually uh, de- degrades, is that the right word? Degrades? It, it harms our eyes the most out of anything we could do with our vision is looking at a smartphone for too much, looking too close all the time. And I think it's interesting that that's the same thing that can happen with us in our godly vision is keeping so focused on the immediate that it harms our long-term vision of where God is directing us. When things are delayed, it can tear our eyes off of what God is speaking to us about. Delayed. B, distracted. Distracted. The the A and B kind of go together. But if it's delayed, wait for it. That's what the verse says. If it's delayed, wait for it. If it's delayed, wait I, I'm, I might be the most impatient person. You know, my wife has added that patience over years to me and says, you need to wait on stuff more, okay? So you can, oh, what, we're almost 14 years now? And like, thir- we're gonna hit 13 in like a week, right? A week or two. I'm the one that remembers the anniversary. It's the 19th, so I think that's in two weeks from today. <laughs> I'm the one who always knows the, d- the date. But it's the patience factor. man. Patience is huge. And this is like, this one's for me, B. If it's delayed, wait for it. You know, when, when God says, the vision's coming and it's in this season and it's blah, blah, and you're waiting on it and then it's delayed and you're like, God, you said it was right now. <laughs> Where is it? And when things are delayed, sometimes we miss everything after the comma. When it's delayed, comma, wait for it. You know, just because you felt something and you felt like it was supposed to happen and it didn't happen in that moment, wait for it. Wait for it. Don't, don't just get up and leave. Don't just get up and say, well, I need a new vision now. Well, if that was the case, I mean, did God lie to you the first time? My God's not in the lying business. Distracted. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. I think one of the most interesting things about people waiting on the Lord is when God spoke to David, and David's sitting in a field, abandoned by his dad, and now he's feeling abandoned by his dad, the father God, saying, what, God, I thought you said I was going to be king, and here I am with sheep. And then he gets anointed to be king, and then guess what? He goes back to the field of sheep. It's like, God, what, I, um, uh, there was a throne involved, a kingdom, the sheep, what am I supposed to be doing here? And now he's, he's stuck, and, and God's saying, your vision is delayed, wait for it. Because sometimes when we're in the field moments, when we're like, God, I thought, I thought, I thought this was, was supposed to happen, it's supposed to change. And God's saying, oh, yeah, because I'm working on your heart right now. The timing of everything is based on you preparing to withstand this vision. That's what's needed. Wait for it. Don't think God has forgotten about you. He is preparing you to withstand the vision of your life. You know, I don't know if you've ever felt like overwhelmed. Have you ever been in a a job 
and maybe you got put a little too much on your plate and you felt a little overwhelmed in that moment? Have you ever felt like it was just the world's crashing down? It's just like, I have too much to do, not enough time, and it just feels a little overwhelming, possibly? God doesn't really do that, in a sense, like how we do this on earth. God says, I'm going to prepare you so you can withstand the role of your life. I don't want you to feel crushed under it. I want you to excel in it, to exceed in it, just like David did. And then C, detached, detached. The verse says, it won't be a lie. It won't be a lie, detached. You know, one thing that's really harmful in vision is hearing something from God, hearing and going, oh, that's it. I know it. I understand it. I got it. I heard from God. And then it doesn't happen. So you're like, oh, maybe, maybe I, I misheard that. Let me change it a little bit. Let me alter it. Let me have an addendum to what God said in the first place. And then we start changing it. And it's like, okay, well, I think this could fit better. Let me change it again. Let me change it again. And all of a sudden, we have changed it so much, it's nowhere close to what God spoke in the first place. We can't detach from what he originally spoke to us. That's a scary place to be, detached. You know, um, another, another factor of what hurts our eyes I was looking at this huge list, and it's like, one of the ones that actually hurts your eyesight, I thought it was kind of funny, but it makes sense now that I understand it, is if you don't visit your eye doctor enough, because they can adjust, they can look at stuff, they'll find issues, your eyes will degrade, and if you're not connected to the doctor, they can't fix what's wrong. If you're detached from your eye doctor, they can't address what's going on. And I thought the same thing. If you're detached from God in the vision, he can't course correct and align you to what he originally spoke. We need to be attached. Number two, faithfully 2020. Faithfully 2020. One of the things that I, I love doing is doing number research in the Bible. Because I don't know if you knew this, but in the Bible, the same number will be used over and over and over for the exact same meaning. So if we see the number three in the Bible, it has the same meaning every time it's shown. The number seven means the same thing every time it's shown. It, it's really interesting. And it's always the case. Number 20 shows up in the Bible in a very unique way. Let me read this. Number 20 in the Bible is connected to a perfect period of waiting labor or suffering that is compared to a trial and then rewarded. I thought it was so interesting. That's what number 20 is. It's this, this waiting, this period, this trial, this, this thing that we're going through, and when it ends, God shows up. Here, here's some examples. Solomon was building a house for himself and God in total for 20 years. Jabin, the, Cave, the Canaan king, was oppressing Israel for 20 years until Deborah and Barak managed to free the people. God told Abraham that if, if he finds at least 20 righteous people in cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, he will not ruin them. Number 20 is associated with a trial, a period of waiting. If it is successfully completed, the reward is generous and full of God's grace. The interesting thing about the number 20, the interesting thing that the boggles my mind. It is the partnership between God and humanity, and it's on us to complete the race. 
It's on us to finish it. It's, it's, he, he has the audacity to say, I am trusting you to run forward with this race, this vision I have placed on you, and it's up to you to finish it. And the crazy thing about stories in the Bible with, with uh, number 20 is some of them were successful and some of them didn't do it. Someone just said, you know what, I, I'm not going to move forward with it. And it didn't complete out. It's craziness. Number 20. So faithfully 2020. A, the finish line. The finish line. The number 20 relies heavily on us. It's like what I was saying. God has entrusted each of us to finish this line on our own. It's, it's not that God is going to pick us up and carry us across the finish line with our vision and say, I'm just going to do everything for you. Sit back in the lazy, lazy boy chair and I got this. Right? No, the number 20 actually means we are doing work. It's saying God has said, I have something for you. Now move forward with it. David had a choice. Was he going to get up and go forward or not? Solomon, it says it took him 20 years to finish building a house. That kind of boggles my mind. What was he doing during those 20 years, right? I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like, if you look at some Californian construction areas, like, it takes a long time, okay? Um, <laughs> the freeway, just permanent signs up there under construction. Like, really? Uh, I don't want to get sidetracked. But Solomon crazy thing was he was charged by God to complete the, the, the throne of God, complete the temple. It took him 20 years. I, I bet it, he, there was moments in his life where he was like, am I going to finish this before I die? This is never ending. All these people are counting on me. And he, he was faithful to finish it. There's something to be said about that where are we willing to say, God, through hell and high water, I am going after the vision you gave me. I'm going to go after it. 20 represents that finish line. I want to challenge you. Is there something that's been on your heart that God placed in your heart and you've just, it's just been delayed forever? Man, make this the year that you're saying, God, I am going to move forward through this trial that I've been in to complete the vision over my life. The finish line. B, the prize. The number 20 is always associated with, with a, a, a finish line and a prize. It's not like an award. It's not like this gold medal. It's not like Chewbacca getting the medal at the end of, you know, maybe a Star Wars movie. I'm just saying. But it's the prize. There's something associated. Okay, if you haven't seen it by now, then. <laughs> the prize. The prize. There is this this thing that's associated with finishing the vision. We, we see it inside of this, this story with, with Deborah, right? These people are being oppressed for 20 years, and it's weighing on her. And she, she steps it up and frees the people, and the prize is freedom from her people of oppression, of slavery, and all these things. The 20 years of, of the temple, it finally gets built, and people have a physical place to go worship God. Say, I finally have a church. Solomon also has a now has a home. There's 20 years. There's this reward of completing out God's vision over our lives. That 
just feels good saying, yes, God, you, you put this on my heart and I finished it. Like, it's like the best thing. Have you, do you guys remember like being in grade school and like you finish a homework assignment, you get a gold star and it just feels so good? It's like, it's like that kind of thing. It's like God saying, good job, gold star, buddy, you know? <laughs> and see the race. The race, it, it, it's hard. It's really difficult to keep going when God places a vision on your life that's long-term. You got your ups and downs, and you have the immediates and, and everything else saying that maybe you can't do it, maybe you should just give up, maybe you should just quit, but it, the race is needed. We have no hope of finishing unless we can decide to say, I, through grit, will pull my life together and get through it because God has called me to it. When it I think it's interesting. I, you know, I, I, I don't understand this concept, but have you ever had a, a loved one who's, they're near the end of their life. They've had a long, full life, and they're going to pass soon, and the doctor's like, this is, they're blessed with age, and this is it right? And you, and you have, have you ever had those moments where you go and visit that person towards the end of their life? I remember the doctor told it to, to my grandma, and so we, we, all, we all went out to go, you know, say we love you and hang out with her. And she had told her doctor, I will stay alive until I see my grandchildren again. I remember, do you remember that, Pat? So the doctor was like, she told her doctor that, like, I'm, I will hold on till they get here. And so we went out, visited, and we went back, and shortly after, she passed. And there's just this something that God built into us that we, can, we, will, we have the audacity to hold on through endurance, through thick and thin. When doctor's like, this is it, you're gonna die. No, I'm holding on. I know I will make it. It's those things when the earth and the world is saying, you have no chance, no hope, it's over, give up. The only thing the enemy can do is convince you to give up. That's it. Because if you give up, you're out. But God has promised. He said, you're more than a conqueror. You've already won. It's it. If you stay in the race, you can't, you can't lose. We have to stay in. Keep the endurance. So number three, what, what is this, this whole culmination? What's the vision of our church? And I felt God placing over us individually. Number three, making room in 2020. Everyone say making room. Make room. Have you, have, you ever, have you ever just felt like cramped or stuffed? Have you ever just like felt like in a situation where your personal bubble is like including four other people and you're like, I need, I just need a breath. Like have you ever felt like that moment? Nothing will ever make you feel like that moment if you go on a, um, a road trip with your youth group like across a state, you know, and then they're like, we need to save money, so everyone's cramming into this one car, including the luggage. Like, I remember uh, we went on a mission trip out to L.A. from Oregon, and it's just kind of funny, but it's weird to, like, live here now, and you're like, I came here on a mission trip, but I remember being in Oregon, we, we, they crammed us all. I think we had one extra kid than seatbelts. Please don't tell your husband, Marisa. And so <laughs> we all crammed in, and we're all, like, sitting there, and there's like bags under seats, bags on our lap. And we're like, every, you know, every 10 minutes, someone's going to shout out to the youth pastor. Are we there yet? How long is it going to be? We haven't even left. We haven't gotten the freeway. And it's like just crammed. And it's just like, you know, at one point, 
we, we organized and we decided that if we laid the luggage a certain way, certain people could lay across it and then you can, you can get a little more room, but not really. And it was, it was, it was just bad. I remember thinking, if we get in an accident, none of us going to make it. <laughs> so, it was so packed out. And, you know, high school girls pack a little extra. So there's some extra bags. And it was just absurd. Nothing on the roof, everything inside. It was so stuffed. There was nowhere to go, nowhere, not, nothing, to, nothing to do. And I feel like that's, that's us spiritually in this climate. We have everything else around us and everyone else just infiltrating our space. Things all the time that we think we need to do, things that just keep us busy, keep, keep us occupied, everything else is going on, competing for our attention, our time, and our space. And we can't even see out the window. It's like I can't even see the vision that God has placed in my front of my face because everything else is happening. It's all a distraction. It's all, it's all so overwhelming. And it feels like it's never ending. A road trip from Oregon to California where someone has to pee every 10 minutes <laughs> takes way too long. It's, it's way, way too long. So this year, it's all about making a room. There are some things that uh, I want to challenge you to, to cut out in your life this year. That's not the main focus of the year. The main focus is what the vision is. But in order to get the new vision in, sometimes we have to say, eh, I don't need to do that. I, I'm going to cut this out. Because there are some things that are critical that we need to focus on this year. A, we're going to read the verse first. <laughs> Isaiah 43, 19. I am going to do something new. It is already happening. Don't you recognize it? I will clear a way in the desert. I will make rivers on dry land. God is placing newness and freshness in our lives. He, he is making room. And we need, to, we need to fall in stride with that. We need to make some room too. We, there's th things that God is doing. And A, the first thing a vision we need to make room for is purpose. Purpose. This, is, this has been something, I think I've said the word purpose in every single message for like years, but it's okay. Purpose to know your spiritual personality and walk in it. If you don't know what your spiritual personality is, it's connected to your purpose. The Bible lays out five of them. You can go on our website, you can take a spiritual gifting test, find out what you are, apostolic, pastor, evangelist, whatever it is. And we love to partner with you in understanding how you function in that, not how your stereotype and how you think that happens. We want to unlock your giftings of who you are in your spiritual personality. That is a main core focus of our church. If you don't know what yours is, take it. I'd love to talk to you about it. Our pastors want to talk to you about it. It's, it's one of the things we're most passionate about. And this year, you need to make room for that. Make room for understanding how you're built, how you're wired, so you can start walking in your daily purpose. There's nothing more exciting. Uh, seriously, when you go to your job, day in, day out, and it gets, it's boring, and you're like, okay, I'm just doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, but when you unlock your spiritual personality, and you incorporate that into your job, your job changes. You realize, oh, I'm an encourager. I need to encourage people. Oh, I'm an includer. Oh, that's how why I feel like excited when I did this project, and I did this project. Oh, I, 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 I see this, and I do that. 
it starts unlocking everything. B, the this next thing we need to make room for in 2020 is people. People. This is something that God kept placing in my heart that we need, to, we need to have a challenge for in our church, in our community. Make room for people in your life. I really want to challenge you to start opening up your home for dinners. That's, that is a huge challenge. I just want to throw it out there. Open up your house for dinners. You might need to start cleaning your house to open up your house for dinners. That's okay. <laughs> Make room. <laughs> Make room in your living room. Stuff it all in your bedroom and just close the door, okay? <laughs> Some of you guys are laughing. And I know <laughs> people. I, I, I really want to place this huge challenge on you. Are you making room for people in this year? Man, uh, open up your home. If you don't feel comfortable opening up your home, that's okay. Get creative with it. Open up a co- Starbucks coffee table and invite someone to it, Okay? I, I'm, I'm convinced that this year, God is speaking to us about people. It is about people. We need to understand our purpose, which will unlock our relationships with people. They stack. They're, they're in order. Purpose, then people. I really want, uh, last week, we had this challenge, and, and if you weren't here last week, I'm gonna, uh, we're going to keep doing it until everyone has an opportunity. But on connection cards last week, we wrote down people's names saying, I'm going to make a purpose and a point to connect with this, this family, this person, this year. I'm going to invite them over for dinners. I'm going to hang out with them. I'm going to befriend them more than ever. I'm going to move them from acquaintance to, like, family, if you will, because it's about people. It's, I, I, want to, I want to bridge that gap. Another challenge with the people, if we have someone visit the church, man, talk to them. Invite them out for coffee later on. This, people are, it's so critical. Man, time for, we, last week we talked about what, what's the difference between hostility and hospitality? We need to be hospi- hospitable. I almost didn't say that right. And see, the, the third thing that God is calling us to individually and as a church is the presence of God. We're starting next week, we're starting a new series on, on board games, if you will. And I'm really excited for it. It's about spiritual disciplines, and we're going to have practical things that you can do to get closer to God every single sermon for the next seven weeks. Just practical things you can incorporate into your daily life through the illustration of board games. (laughs) I'm a huge board game player. I just just love it. Um, The presence of God. How are you ushering in the presence of God? Is your life too crowded where you can't fit another thing in and so you determine that the presence of God is on the outskirts? I mean, if you really picture that road trip with all those people crammed in, can you cram one more person in? No. Sometimes you need to shake up some stuff. You need to make some room. Decide and choose and pray about what are you making room for in your life for the presence of God to come in? Move something around, shift something where you can say the presence of God will be here because I am making room. I'm making room for people, I'm making room for the presence of God, and I'm making room for my purpose. I'm going to take the time to understand what that is. I want to know how God built me so God can use me.
Amen? Amen. Let's close your eyes. Um, and if you don't have a connection card right now, would you just hold up your hand and, and Chris or David, just go ahead and put a connection card in someone's hand. Just as your eyes are closed, um, if you weren't here last week or, or you thought of a new name or something, would you put someone's name? It could be a first name, whatever you want. A descriptor, it's, it's really for you to know. But write that on the back of your connection card. Be thinking about it and saying, I am choosing for this person or maybe these five people. I don't know. Whatever God's putting on your heart, saying God is making me, is, is calling me to build relationship with this person this year in a deeper way. I want to see a love of Christ come into their life. I, I want to see um, our, our families connected. I want to see lives change. I, I want to bring the joy that I have with Jesus to these people. It starts with relationship. Genuinely challenge you to put it on and, and we're going to do something kind of special where we're going to mail you something at the end of the year. So it, if you're willing, put your name and put your address on the front. Um, we're just keeping them uh, locked up so we can mail you at the end of the year and, and it's going to be something special. Lord, it's the year 2020. It's the year where we have clarity on vision at a distance. The vision you've placed over us individually and corporately is it's all about our purpose and people and your presence, God. Lord, help us make room for that to happen. If we're not doing it already, give us understanding of how to do it. And if we are doing it, let us do it at a higher level. Let us make room in 2020. Lord, I pray for Holy Spirit, I, I feel like you're, you're giving me a word of, of broken hearts. Lord, I pray for, for hurting hearts that are broken right now. Holy Spirit, you gave me, you gave me this word right now, and, and I, I pray that if there's someone here with a hurting heart, a broken heart, that is keeping them, all their attention and their, their entire focus on why their heart is hurting. I pray that you would give restoration and healing. Whatever is going on, God, heal broken hearts. Take the mantle of what 2020 stands for, of a, of a test, a trial, and enduring the race and seeing it finished. Just the race of, of this whole vision and, and people, God. We wouldn't quit on, on loved ones from work or, or relationships or friends, but we would actually go after them to see them have your love. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this message inspired you to make room for God to do amazing things in your 2020 as well. 
for other messages, more information about us, to give, or just simply check out what's going on. Visit us at our website, www.lighthouse805.com. Thanks, and see you next time.